This is Christian Cooner Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my podcast, sermon podcast that is. It is good to be back with you again. It has been a little bit since uh, last recorded something, so uh, thanks for your patience. We are starting a brand new sermon series at Urban Village called Is There Anybody Out There? where we're focusing on friendship and sometimes a a relationship that sometimes gets ignored. And so we're going to reflect on that over the next few weeks, and I'll share more about that in a moment. But first, let me read the uh, scripture scriptures, actually, that I'm going to be focusing on. Uh, they're both pretty short. The first one comes from the book of Proverbs, and then I'm going to read from the Gospel of John. Uh, so here are these two verses from the book of Proverbs. One who forgives an affront fosters friendship, but one who dwells on disputes will alienate a friend. A friend loves at all times, and kinsfolk are born to share adversity. Those were from, or that's from Proverbs 17. And now I hear these words from the Gospel of John, 15th chapter. Jesus says this, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. May God's blessing be on the hearing and living out of this word. So many, many, many years ago, I was at a middle school dance and had my eye on a girl in my grade. Uh, I will call her Kate. That's not her real name. Uh, and I, uh, she was pretty popular in our class, and I was not the only one to you know, want to, uh, I guess, be a couple, as any seventh grade uh, couple can do. Uh, with Kate. So my plan was at a dance. We had a seventh grade dance and I thought I will ask my friend uh, Bill, also not his name, but I was going to ask Bill if he could uh, find out from Kate whether uh, she liked me. Always a big thing for uh, middle school, even high school. Well, even if today for adults, when we are uh, romantically interested in someone Certainly we want to know, is that feeling reciprocated? Does this person like me? And whether it is passing notes back and forth in class or whether it is having someone, uh, an intermediary, figure out that answer ourselves. So Bill uh, went and during the dance asked Kate to dance with him. And I was pleased with this arrangement because then Bill is going to ask Kate, do you like Chris Kuhn? And so uh, he danced, and I noticed it was more than one dance. There was a second dance in there, too, I think. And so the dance was over, and I walked over to Bill, and I said, Bill, what did Kate say? And Bill kind of looked at me like, what? Uh, And then he remembered, oh, yeah, no, he said, uh, or she said that she likes you, but just as a friend. And those three words were heartbreaking to me. She likes me as a friend. Uh, for someone who had romantic intentions, those are like the worst things that you could hear. And later on, I kind of discovered that Bill kind of also had the same feelings for Kate that I did. And my hunch is that as he was dancing with her, he may have been trying to uh, finagle his way into her heart as well. But it is interesting when we think about relationships in our lives, especially 
when we maybe categorize different kinds of relationships that sometimes romantic relationships seem to have a higher priority. Uh, and when we think about friendship, we may think, well, that's kind of lower. Like friendship is down here and romantic relationships are up here. And when we do that, I think we sell friendship really short. And that's what we want to do a little bit in this sermon series to acknowledge how challenging it is for people to make friends, especially as adults, but also to, I think, elevate what friendship is and how powerful friendship can be, too. There's a really wonderful uh, book uh, out that I've read part of. I shouldn't uh, give that blanket endorsement. I've only read one chapter of it. But C.S. Lewis, the uh, renowned religious writer from the 20th century, wrote a book called The Four Loves, and he talks about different kinds of loves. Uh, He talks about affection. He talks about erotic or romantic love. He talks about unconditional love, agape, what we sometimes think of as God's love for us. But he also talks about philia, friendship, that kind of love. And in that chapter on friendship, uh, he talks about sometimes, this is a quote from him, he says that philia, friendship, is sometimes seen as a vegetarian substitute. This is his language uh, for the more organic loves like eros or erotic love or affection. Another article I read in The Atlantic uh, entitled How Friends Come Closer says this, quote, that uh, friends are often the last to receive that effort after people expend their energy on work, family, and romance. So when we think about where we put our energies, especially as we get older and want to think about how am I doing in my workplace or I want to pay attention to my family and certainly want to meet a special someone that friendship takes a back seat And that shouldn't be the case. And this may be true, too, in the whole advent of social media, that friendship, when we talk about I'm a Facebook friend, and certainly that is uh, not always the case. Friendship acquaintance may be uh, a more apt description of that. And yet, C.S. Lewis says this about friendship, that friendship is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of all the others. Friendship can reveal so many beautiful things and can be amazingly powerful if we really think about it. Already this week, as I've been reflecting on and thinking about friendship, already my whole kind of mindset is changing about friends that I do have or friends that I haven't made yet. So again, we want to give friendship its proper due while acknowledging that it's challenging to make friends as adults. So we're going to talk about that in the next few weeks, how to make friends uh, and also barriers to friendships. But we want to begin by just defining what friendship is. I was reading, speaking about Facebook, I was reading a couple of our pastors this week asked the question on their Facebook page to define friendship. And certainly some of the common things that you would uh, imagine were up there. People talked about humor is important, trust, availability, faithfulness. Someone said, I'm more alive when I'm with my friend. Honesty the ability to handle conflict. Someone wrote, and I love this, a friend is someone I'm not terrified to sit in silence with. I love that description of friendship. So friendship are these things, and I'm sure you could name many other qualities that might change a little bit from person to person. But for today, we want to look a little bit at love through the scriptures that I just read from the book of John and from Proverbs. And if you look at these passages, certainly one word is going to stand out as something in common about how we define what friendship is, and that word is love. Now, when you hear that at first, you might think, well, sure, 
love is a great way to describe what a friend is. But I want to go a little bit deeper and really explore a little bit about what does it mean when we say that love is, should be anyway, a core component of what friendship is. So first, let's take a look at this passage from John. Jesus needs and considers those who follow him as friends. Verse 15 in this passage says, I have called you friends. Now, it's interesting to note here that the Greek word in this passage relates a little bit to what C.S. Lewis, I mentioned that Lewis talks about philia as the Greek word for uh, friendship. And the same is here in this passage, that the word philos, friend, is translated from the word love, philio. So these words, philos and philio, friend and love, we can see here how closely related they are and particularly how Jesus perceived them both. So, as we go even further, all right, well, what does Jesus expect from friendship? And he says this, you are my friends if you do what I command you. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, when we first hear that, we might think to ourselves, well, you know, it seems like Jesus is uh, putting some uh, maybe barriers, or he's also expecting uh, almost an exchange of sorts, like, I will be your friend if you do these certain things. But I think another way of maybe interpreting this is how maybe another translation of this passage uh, words it. It says, you are my friends when you do the things I command you. So in other words, when you follow my commands, when you exhibit these qualities, this is a way to define what friendship is. I don't think it's necessarily that Jesus is saying, uh, I've got a list here and you've got to check all the boxes, then I will call you my friend. I think it's more about when you do the things that I command you, these are fruits of what friendship are. So what are those fruits? In verse 12, it says this, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And verse 13, no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. So Jesus is saying, when you follow my commands, then friendship is evident here. And the command is to love one another. Now, I could talk more about this and exploring what does it mean to uh, sacrifice, to lay down one's life. That would be a really perfect way to go down the path and exploring what sacrifice and love have to do with friendship. But the one thing that struck me, and I think it's an underrated quality of friendship is intentionality. Back in that Facebook post that I was talking about, more than one person named intentionality as really key to friendship. And you can see, I think, you can see intentionality here in what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, when you follow these commandments, friendship thrives. And In order to follow a commandment, we must be intentional, we must think carefully, we must actually reflect on what does it take in order to follow this commandment. We must be intentional about how we form our thoughts, about how we live our lives. We must be intentional in order to follow these commandments. So I think intentionality is a key component here, not only of following commandments, not only of loving one another, but certainly intentionality is key for friendship. I think anytime we just make assumptions about who we have as friends, or maybe when we take our friends for granted and we don't 
intentionally think about what can I do to nurture this relationship? What have I done to touch base with? What have I done to make sure that this relationship is growing? Friendship is so easy to put on the back burner. And at times, too, I understand that we can only have so many friends in our lives, but particularly if we really want to see the fruits of what friendship can give to us, we must be intentional about what we are putting into it. All of the reading that I've been doing about friendship speaks to the fact that when the, the older you get, the harder it is to make friends. And sometimes, too, it might not be even uh, a priority. I mentioned earlier about it kind of goes down in our priority list. And this is true the more you, you age. You may think, well, I've got enough friends already. Or if you have someone in your life, family in your life, I'm married, I have kids. And so you think, ah, do I need these other relationships? So I've made a new friend lately, and it's been such an interesting thing uh, for me to kind of go through this process because we think about how do we actually go about doing this, making a new friend. That's something that kids do, right? So anyway, one of our former interns who just left us uh, not long ago, Taylor Smith, was walking his dog, or he's at a dog park anyway, and he struck up this other conversation with this woman who was also had her dog there at the dog park. And they were chatting among themselves. And Taylor talked about he was being a good church planter and engaging in conversation with somebody else. And so he was talking to her about what he did and uh, his plans and hopes as a pastor and as a church planter. And the woman, whose name is Elaine, was interested and curious. She grew up and was Christian for a while and now I think probably would call herself agnostic. She had lots of questions and lots of doubts and had been burned by the church in some ways too in her life. And so she asked Taylor and Taylor also mentioned me and uh, they were talking about whether they could get together because to answer or at least go through some of these questions that Elaine had. And long story short, Taylor didn't have the time for it. And so he kind of asked me if I would be willing to, to talk with Elaine, especially since Taylor's time in Chicago is going to be short-lived. So I reached out to Elaine and said, you know, I'm always happy to answer questions. And so we had lunch and she had such, it was a great conversation. Uh, And she had lots of good questions about God and faith and religion. Uh, And so uh, at the end of the lunch, I bought lunch and I said, well, how about let's do this again and next time you can buy lunch. And she said, that sounds great. Uh, And then lots of time passed, at least a few months. Uh, And I always had in my mind what a great conversation I had with Elaine. So I kind of reached out to her on email and said, all right, you may have thought that I'm going to forget that you owe me a meal, but uh, let's, uh, I'm here to collect. And I didn't hear from her, which, so there was a part of me that wasn't totally surprising. You know, maybe it was just a one-time thing, one-time coffee, one-time lunch. But then she responded and said, no, absolutely, let's do that. And so we had our second uh, lunch uh, a few weeks ago, and since then we have been uh, we text each other every once in a while. And uh, what I love about this too is that Elaine has been really intentional about staying connected to continue to converse with one another. Now, on the face of it, we have some things in common, but she is about uh, fifteen years younger than I am. Uh, she, as I noted, probably would call herself agnostic. She's gay. Uh, and so she grew up in the South. So not at the surface level, not a lot that we may have in common. And yet our conversations have been really wonderful and really lovely. And so 
after our second or third meeting, we kind of named the fact, like, is this a friendship? Have we become friends? And I'd never really named it like that with someone before. And we both kind of agreed, like, I, I think this is a friendship. And it's a really great thing to be able to to name that and to have this relationship. And I appreciate the intentionality that is happening here, that so often you might get together with somebody and you may have a great conversation and then just kind of let it slide. And we haven't let it slide. And because of that, I feel like my life is a little bit richer now because of this relationship I have with, with Elaine. So intentionality, I think, is a really key component in addition to certainly love is the core of what Jesus talks about in John. But for me, when I do a little bit digging, when we think about what does it mean to love, what does it mean to follow Jesus' commandments, one of the first things is that we must be intentional about doing these things. And the same is true when it comes to friendship. So what else? When I t- In Proverbs here, we read, the, all, we read also from Proverbs. And when Proverbs talks about friendship, it also mentions love. And it says this, that a friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times. This gets a little bit into the sacrifice piece of what we read from John too. A friend loves at all times. We've heard the phrase, of course, a fair weather friend, somebody who's only with us when we are having fun, somebody who's only with us when things are going well, someone who's only a friend with us when it's convenient. But Proverbs puts it pretty simply and succinctly. No, a friend loves no matter what at all times. Is this true in some of the friendships that that you have? How is that lived out? How do you see that in your own relationships? Do you love your friend? Are you willing to love your friend no matter what they have done? Are you willing to forgive them when things are going sour, when there's conflict? Are you willing to still be their friend and love them in those moments? I found this really great book that I read parts of this week called Count on Me, Tales of Sisterhood and Fierce Friendship. It takes a particular look at um, Hispanic women and their own relationships and friendships with one another. And there are about 20 different short stories, short uh, examples of friendship uh, between Hispanic women. And one of the chapters was written by a woman named Carolina uh, de Robertas. And she talks about this friendship that she had with her friend Layla, who interestingly is Lebanese-American. And she talks about how uh, they saw each other as comadres, or as she said, comothers. And some really wonderful ways of describing how this takes place, that she was able to love them at all times, even, uh, even in death. Sadly, in this own friendship, Layla uh, contracted cancer and passed away. And so, Carolina writes this. She says, the comadre, comother, the comadre steps in when her beloved friend can no longer care for her child. She takes the child into her home, opens her arms, adopts her dear friend's progeny, and raises it as though it were her own. And so Layla did have children, but it was not, uh, that was not the child that Carolina talked about. Instead, Layla and Carolina met each other in an MFA program. They were both writers. Layla's husband took care of her children. Carolina needed to take care of the other child in Layla's life, the third child, and that was her novel, her unfinished novel. And that's what, in Layla's death, 
she was able to continue to think about and work on this novel as difficult and challenging as it was and trying to do her best to figure out what would Layla say in these moments. And so she was still her friend, even in death. At all times, she was still her friend and working on this in a way of keeping Layla alive. Now, that's a powerful and wonderful story, but that's not the thing that also struck me. What also struck me was another brief story that Carolina took to, talked about Layla, and that's when uh, Carolina, again, also a writer, talked about how the rights to her first novel sold. And then Carolina writes this. She said, Layla was thrilled for me. It is possible for envy to embitter friendships between writers or simply between women, but Layla gave me only love and joy. She took me out to lunch to celebrate the book deal. Later that day, she announced it on her blog, saying she was over the moon and cheering me on in beautiful terms. Uh, Carolina talks about envy can embitter friendships between writers or maybe between women. This is, I think, universal. As much as we would think that we can put our ego aside, but envy can have a, uh, a huge impact on our friendship. Like when you are friends with someone and something goes well for them, in life, in no matter what part of life. It is at times hard to be happy for them, especially if they are doing something that we want in our own life. And yet the proverb says, a friend loves at all times. It does not say it will be easy at all times. But here we see this woman whose friend sold a novel before she did and was able to set that aside to celebrate to give love, to give joy of what was happening here. That to me, in in reading about this friendship between these two women, that to me moved me almost as much as when she continued to work on her friend's novel even after she died. That's, I think, a really wonderful way of describing that a friend loves at all times, which the Proverbs says to us. What I hope for us throughout this sermon series is that we can take stock of our friendships as we think about how can I, am I putting myself in places where I can maybe make new friends myself, I think hopefully we can all agree that that makes our lives so much richer, that we can have someone that we can depend on, someone who is intentionally making time for us, somebody who says, I will be there for you no matter what, at all times. My love for you is not dependent on anything. That's what true friendship can be particularly as we see it through the lens that we see in our scriptures here today. So in this sermon series, think about the friendships that you have. Think about the ones that maybe need to be rekindled. Think about the ones that maybe you've taken for granted, about the ones that you have not been terribly intentional about. Think about putting yourself in a position to make a new friendship, and what will that new friendship look like? Will you be intentional with it? Will you put yourself in a position that you're loving them at all times, no matter what? These are the qualities that we want to put into our friendships so that so that when we are in a relationship, when we have a friend, and when we or when they say to meet to somebody else, I like you as a friend, that that can be one of the best compliments you could ever receive. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast today. As always, you can reach out to me, chris at urbanvillagechurch.org, or you can go to my website, christiankuhn.com, and find out more about my book and also my other podcast, my Feeling Boldly podcast there. 
And so, friends, until the next time that we are together, may the peace of Christ be with you.